Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a conversation about faith, music, and culture. Join Shine.fm's ministry director, Brian McIntyre-Utter, and his son, Jake, around the table for this week's chat. Welcome to The Kitchen Table Show. My name is Jake. And I'm Brian. And we are a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture. We're glad to have you back this week. I'm actually kind of running the show this week. I have You the came faith. up with the topic. I came up with the topic. I came up with Culture Shock. To give you a little rundown of the show and why we made it, Dad and I have always had these really good faith discussions throughout high school, throughout elementary school, and I went off to college, and luckily I went to the college that he works at, so I got to stay around, and we really wanted to encourage parents and young adults and high schoolers and all children to have faith discussions with their parents. We think it's very important to have, as a family, to just have these discussions, and so we started this podcast slash show to continue these for ourselves, but then also to encourage you to have these. So the way the show runs down we have our faith discussion we have a different faith discussion every week and then we move into music matters dad and i are both very big music people dad works in radio i'm a music major and then we move into culture shock culture shock is basically we just look at what's going on in the world in the kingdom people that are making a difference Uh, it could be someone who is just uh, your average person or you can be someone who's a celebrity but someone who's making a difference for the kingdom in a new and unique way yeah so that's what we talk about in culture shock So this topic this week, I asked Jake quite often on the show, you know, before, as we're planning the show, what do you want to talk about this week? Because a lot of times he's like, I don't know, just, you know, whatever, find a question. This time he actually had a response. I actually had a response. He had texted me during the week and I, I had lunch with one of my bandmates and we had talked about how the church is... The reason the church is so broken is because we're full of broken people and we True. try to we try to act like we're perfect like Christ, which we are to strive to be more like Christ each and every day. We talked about last week. Yeah, we the, did. The, we chur- did, the yeah. church is messy. We are me- it's full of messy people. We had kind of tiptoed into politics and okay. religion and Christianity. I've always thought that Christians are not democratic or republican or whatever. We're Christian. There's some democratic views that fall in line with Christianity views, and there's some Republican views that fall in line with Christian views. And so I am more here to talk about how do we talk about politics as a Christian and not as a Democratic or a Republican or whatever label you find yourself as. Starting off with this. This is a very touchy subject. I hate talking <laughs> politics, period. Um, I do not talk politics. Uh, Shine as a ministry does not talk politics. We avoid it at all costs. Um, we turn down lots of money every year from political candidates who want to do ads on our radio stations. We say, no, we don't do that. That's not why we exist. At the same time, you want to talk about this? So we'll talk about this. this and it's, is not, not, it's not more of talking about like what our beliefs are. Not at all. And it, it's more of a conversation of how do we as Christians talk about it? Because it's such a sensitive and hard issue to talk about. How do we approach this? That's more of my question. Yeah. Instead of what do we believe as Christians, it's how do we communicate with others. Obviously, our country is very divided right now politically. If you pay attention to what's happening in Washington, D.C., you know it's a mess. To the point where you see bumper stickers on people's cars that will infuriate you and that are insane. Bumper stickers that say Democrats aren't Christians, Republicans aren't Christians, blah, 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 back and forth. We're divided because of political party and political rhetoric, and it's a mess. Bottom line, God is neither a Republican or a Democrat. That'll preach. That will preach. (laughs) Let's look to scripture. Uh, Do you remember the story of uh, Joshua walking around Jericho, you know, and the walls came down? Mm -hmm. You know the old VeggieTales video, right? Well, slushies instead of weapons. Right. In Joshua 5.13, he was near Jericho. He lifted up his eyes. He looked. He saw a man standing before them. He had his sword drawn. 
Joshua went to him and he asked him, are you for us or for our adversaries? Logical question, right? Well, this imposing warrior stood before Joshua and he wanted to know whose side this warrior was on. So he asked that question. Are you for us or are you against us? This man was sent from God. This was the divine messenger. This was an angel. And he simply answered the word no. I am not for you. I am not for your adversary. The answer to the question, no. And that was not the answer that Joshua was expecting. This is what the guy said. This is what the messenger of the Lord said, Joshua 5, 14. I am not for you or for your adversaries. Rather, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. That's some scripture. Let's fast forward a little bit to the time that President Lincoln was president. It was during the Civil War, and he was asked if God was on his side with the North. This is what Lincoln said. Sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side, for God is always right. So when it comes to our political scene today, the Republicans are not always right. The Democrats are not always right. The same goes for independents. The same goes for libertarians. It doesn't matter. Only God is always right. We must align ourselves with him. Now, that means aligning ourselves with what is important to him. Many people will say, God bless America. I think it's more importantly to say, Lord, your kingdom come to America. Some people are going to disagree with what we talk about here because they have bought into the fact that they need to be this political party before their relationship with Christ. And that I think that is a tool that Satan is using to distract us from the true purpose of why we are here. We are followers of Christ. We want Christ definitely to be an influence over the culture here Mm -hmm. in America. And the way that we're doing it today is not working. Especially with that, with the having your religion before your political view. I am a young adult, not speaking for everyone. I kind of push politics to the side. It's so stressful and so anxious. I don't. I don't even. It, it's. I just don't want to watch it because it's just arguing. I'm trying to find an answer of what do I do with that? How do I interact? I think the problem, like I said last week, we have two ears and one mouth, and I think we're using that mouth more than we're using our ears. Well, there's a lot that plays into this. Uh, you know, the first thing is we have media outlets, and this is a big issue. And I think I might've mentioned this on the program before. As a part of one of my master's degrees, it was an international master's degree from the University of Barcelona in Spain. And it was on communication and it had to do with the elements of culture, communication, and education. And one of the things that I had no clue about is the United States, the most developed country in the world, and we do not teach in schools here a thing called media literacy. We rely on parents to teach our children media literacy. And I do that because it's important. I work in media and we need to realize and we need to teach our children that all media, all media has an agenda. Bottom line, majority of media, I'm going to exclude Christian ministry, they're in it for ratings because ratings equals dollars. Yeah. And their agenda will drive things. So if they want to communicate a certain slant on something, they're definitely going to do that. And our media has basically stoked the fire of the climate we currently exist in here in the United States. Mm. As followers of Christ, the media and our society has drawn a line. Where, where do you stand on that line? Are you on this side of the political party or are you on the other side of the political party? Well, guess what? God is saying, erase the line 
and be like I've taught you to be through the example of my son, Jesus. Now, we can go into different things that political parties believe and whatnot and say, well, as a Christian, how can you vote for someone because they believe this? Or as a Christian, how can you vote for this party because they're, they're saying it should be this way? There's all kinds of things in there. Open, honest book. I have been invited to the White House for a faith press briefing. I have seen things that the, the, this current administration is doing for the faith community, and there's a lot of good things there. There is. And a lot of the good things that are being done for the faith community, our media is not covering. Uh, for example, our president gave a, a speech to the United Nations this last week on religious freedom and protecting Christians. Great speech. I sent a copy of it from the White House. It is a a great speech. Now, the fact of the matter is, we're not seeing that because you have media who are not going to put out those kinds of things. And I was blown away when I was given all these things that that this current administration has done that I knew nothing about because they control the content. They control the agenda. And and so we have to be very careful. And I'm not endorsing a candidate. I'm not endorsing a political party. I just need to realize, because trust me, there are many things I disagree with with our, with our current administration. I disagree with the party that I've affiliated with. And, and that's only because I signed up for the political party when I was supposed to register to vote when I was a teenager and didn't know any better. If I would have done it today, I wouldn't have picked a political party because I, unlike most people, When you go into the polling booth, they don't have a clue about these candidates. And if I have not educated myself enough when I'm in that polling booth about the certain race that's being run, if I don't know one candidate or the other, it's not that I'm voting straight ticket or whatever, one political party. No, I want to know where these people stand and if their values and what they believe are in line with what I believe as a follower of Christ. And so I go in educated because that's what we have to do. And we have to realize it's not political party. Now, a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this. And a lot of people are going to be angry and I'm probably going to get emails or phone calls. I am a follower of Christ first. I am not a political party first. And I follow according to my beliefs and the example of Jesus Christ based in scripture. Yeah. Growing up as a kid. And I think it was just the society that we lived in. I was very, oh, you have to be one way or the other. You know, very competitive. You're either right or you're wrong. Right. You know, and growing up with what the world that we live in today and all of the all of the issues and sides that people take, it's so easy to take sides, you know? If you take this one side, you believe in everything that that side believes. And if it's something else, you're completely wrong. But as Christians, we are to live in the middle and kind of conjoin the two sides. And I think that's where Christians are failing to step up. I think that Christians need to really be the glue between political sides, you know, because we do we do have things in each party that we believe in. You know, we believe that we should love everyone no matter what, believe in forgiveness and mercy, but we also believe that we need to work for what we get. We believe that we need to work as a as Christians and to put food on the table for us and to also help people who cannot have that opportunity yet because the world is being against them right now because of homeless, because of drug addiction, because of of money issues. So it's just very confusing because in today's society, we either have to be Republican or Democratic. Why can't we just be Christian? I have friends that are registered Republicans. I have others that are registered Democrats. I have friends that are Libertarians. And I have some friends that are simply independent. What matters, though, is that we identify as followers of Christ more with God's cause than with the political party. And let's face it, every party is mixed. No party in itself can bring about national transformation. And when we're divided like we currently are, do you see things actually happening in Washington that are making a difference in our country? No, you're not, because it's all the infighting that's going on. They're against each other, and they're 
not for anybody. Yeah. They're just for their own agenda, and that's the scary part about it. We stand as God's holy alternative party, offering our votes and support to those who stand for what is right according to what the Bible says and what Jesus says. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that there were wise, imperfect men who set up our government the way they did many, many years ago, regardless of whatever your religious label was. We are all equally American. And thanks to the protection of our Constitution in Article 6, that bans religious tests for public office and the freedom of religion in the First Amendment. Our citizenship is not dependent on our religious affiliation or lack thereof. Now, that's a good thing. You're thinking, what? Yeah, that's a good thing because Americans are remarkably diverse when it comes to religion. And we can pursue unity in these divided times by recommitting ourselves to living up to the principle of non-religious favoritism. Look at Paul's letter to the church, to the Galatians. They were struggling with tribalism. It says a rival version of their faith had come into their midst. It was a different gospel, and they were dividing themselves into teams. Now, Paul argues that faith has made these distinctions and differences meaningless. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. There was no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, if Paul were writing today to the American church... He would probably add in, in Christ, there is no Democrat or Republican. Houses of worship are some of the last community spaces where Americans routinely gather across partisan lines. Think about that. In your church, there are those from the other political line. And you put that aside because you're there to worship the one true God and his son, Jesus. That last point, I think, is one of the best points that I've heard. The church is supposed to be a place of safety in that you come as you are, not this perfect human being because you know i can't state this enough the church is full of broken people and we are trying to strive to be like our perfect god a lot of people in today's society especially young adults they see these traditionalists who believe that the church is supposed to be perfect and that you're supposed to wear button downs suit tuxes uh, i don't know a tux to church yeah. yes suit coats sports jackets you know they believe that we need to have this togetherness of our life and That's not what this world is. No one has it together anymore. I want to be me for who I am. I know I am broken. I know I'm not perfect. Well, when you realize you don't have it all together, that's when you must rely on God. And And I think that's something that is lacking in our system is the fact that many of society today don't rely on God for direction. This country was founded that way. God was a part of this the wording in the Constitution and many of our founding documents, God is present. And I think that's a big portion that's missing. Does the Bible have the answer to everything? Many people argue, well, the Bible never speaks about football games or atoms or those kinds of things. But there is no reason to think that the Bible cannot address political issues. The problem with an argument like that is that it only allows the Bible to speak to so-called religious issues and not to the secular ones. The Bible itself does not honor this religious secular distinction. All the world is God's and he has a say over everything in it. And so we need to incorporate that into the political issues of our time. And we're not, we're lacking that. I think one thing that this world needs in this time is mercy and forgiveness. I think that we are quick to speak before we think And we need to, when we come into these conversations of what we believe and how we see the world, we need to have this mindset of forgiveness and mercy and not argue. I think you told me this, Dad. Who is going to be saved through an argument? No one. As Christians, 
we know that we do not save people. And we know that God did not save people through arguing if predestination or free will, you know, no one is going to be saved through arguing. It's going to be saved through love and through showing who Jesus Christ is through our actions. That's how people are going to be saved because God is going to show his love through us. I like to use the interpretation that we are a mirror and we're angled so people see through us and look up to God because God is going to speak through us. That's why when I'm in a I'm in a ministry team through all of it and we always talk about how we want God to God to be the center of our worship and God to be the one that reaches out to people and not for people to look at us to be God. In this job that I'm in, we get that a lot and we just say glory to be to God. It's an honoring feeling, but it's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to show the love of God through us, not from us. One of the many people I admire from history is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And quite honestly, he dealt with this very kind of thing. It was just in a different situation. This was the 1930s and 40s in the political landscape of Germany, which was frightening, right? The sad truth is during that time, there were many Christians and many churches in that day that went along with Hitler's politics and offered no protest. Well, Bonhoeffer, he disagreed. He argued that it was a Christian's duty to oppose the National Socialist Party. Now, I doubt Bonhoeffer would have been persuaded by the argument that there are good Christians on both sides of the issue. So if Jesus is uh, neither a Democrat or Republican, where do we go from here? Rather than spending our energies trying to keep the Bible out of politics, we should work it back in. What I mean by this is that we need to stop telling Christians that whatever voting choice they make is as equally valid as another. And instead, we should encourage them to apply scripture to the political questions, just like we apply it to every other area of our life. I feel like we've talked a lot, but not talked at all. I think it's just stating the obvious because, I mean, we know the answer. You do know the answer, but a lot of times we blind ourselves to it. Yeah. And so it's more of, here's a reiteration of the answer. As Christians, we know that we are going to be different than what this world is. We're told that in the Bible. Be in the world, but not of it. I don't know. It just feels like there's no answer. The answer is there. It's simple. We overcomplicate it. The answer is be like Jesus, even in your political leanings. Yeah. Be like Jesus, which means you're not going to agree with everything on anyone's party. Mm -hmm. Be like Jesus. We're just going to leave it at that. Amen. That's our faith conversation. And now moving into music matters. All right, Music Matters is a segment where we talk about just music. We love music. Uh, it's both a big part of our lives. And so each week I bring a song, usually it's a newer song, to the table. Jake brings a song that's been speaking to him during the week, and then we dive back into the vault for an oldie but goldie. So this week, my new song. I actually found this song, and I thought, eh, am I going to use this one or not? But I think only because of an episode we did a few episodes ago about Christian metal music today, and I don't really get it, but I thought this was really good. And you've actually heard of this band? Mm -hmm. See, I'm surprised because I never heard of them. Uh, they either go by the initials GFM, which stands for Gold, Frankincense, and Myrrh. That's the name of the band. This is a song that's called Can You Promise Me This Will Never End? And basically, this is a coming-to-terms story, this song. It's about finally achieving that peace of mind and finding eternal hope from the only one who can really sustain us. It's about accepting your flaws, overcoming your trials, and seeing life through a new perspective. Confidence and strength are an ever-present factor now, and we're praying that it will never end. So that's the name of the song. Can you promise me this will never end? It's Gold, Frankincense, and Myrrh. It wasn't that long ago when I was Yeah, I've heard of them before. They have like a, a fly leaf yeah. 
I thought that when I heard it too. Now there's some, there's some the, screamo parts. Yeah, there in is that screamo. So it's like Flyleaf was screamo, but it, they are very good. My song for the week is it's three years old, so it's kind of like old to me. You know, I've only lived 19 years of my life, so three years is kind of. I get it. Run Collective, they're a great band. On Wednesday, I was just kind of driving around, and there was a beautiful sunset, and I love sunsets, so I was kind of chasing the sunset. And I drove out to this random spot in the country. We live in Illinois. It's very flat, a lot of corn, a lot of beans. Beans. And I found this spot that was right next to a field, and I just pulled over. And I had kind of gone through my old Christian music playlist, because I have my new one. But I had my one that was through high school, and I had found this song again. And it's from their Campfire 2 album. They recorded it like at a campfire with a bunch of people, and it's really awesome. And so it's a lot of acoustic versions of their songs. But it's called The Joy of the Lord, and it's just a great song that really spoke to me on Wednesday. So here's a snippet of The Joy of the Lord by Run Collective. Just a great band to see live if you've Amen. not seen them yet. They're so good. All right, it's uh, time now for Go Back in Time. We're going to our oldie but goldie. All right, we're going to go back to 1992. Seven years before I was born. 1992, the number three song that year was by a guy named Rich Mullins. Uh, we've had Rich's music on the show before. He is one of my favorite artists even to this day. This month actually celebrated his passing. He died in a tragic car accident. I think it was 22 years ago. Really? Yeah. I can't believe it's been that, but probably, yeah, because it was before you were born. I'm, I'm not that old. Yeah. It uh, happened here in the state of Illinois. Uh, just a tragedy. He was a tremendous songwriter. He painted pictures using words. This is one that's uh, sung in churches many times. It's called Sometimes by Step from Rich Mullins. heard the name but not the song it's a fun song i remember singing that song i was on a missions trip in haiti the year was 93 1993 and we sang that song in english at a haitian church really? they didn't understand the words <laughs> but they loved it so yeah. well that wraps up music matters and now moving into culture shock culture shock is all you today man you're bringing it i have culture shock today i never do this but i have it if you're a youngin, a young adult, you know the app TikTok. I'm on TikTok. You are on TikTok. I don't make videos. You don't. But I like TikTok because they have these a lot of like uh, wood cutting and, and yeah, different. Yeah. TikTok is a very big app. Um, if you know what Vine is, they consider TikTok the new Vine, and it kind of is. It's just these short, minute-long videos that you can go through, and it's a, it's a it's a very upcoming social media platform. And there's a lot of garbage on that. And too, there parents, is a lot of garbage. So you know. There is a lot of garbage, but there's some good coming out of this. Okay. So I was going through TikTok one day, yeah. just going through my feed, and I found this guy. There's a there's a few there's a few accounts that are like preaching yeah. the word, and it's great. And there's a lot of Christian TikTokers that are like, you know what? If you're a Christian, stand up. Is that what they call them, TikTokers? TikToker. I I call them TikTokers. Right. Um, there's one account specifically, and the account is Grayson Period Bearden. He's doing something really cool, and so he he'll do basic like preaching TikToks. Yeah, and he'll just share the word and, and the, an encouraging word for the day. But 
on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central Time, he has TikTok Church. And so basically on TikTok, you can do a lot like a TikTok Live or something. Are you limited to 60 seconds or is it longer? The videos like through the account is, I think the max is 60 seconds. So it's like short minute sermon. Okay. But when you go live, can you go longer? When you're live, you can go longer. So they have a full service with worship, with the preaching, and then you can send in prayer requests. That's cool. And they pray for it right there. And so I just thought that was really influential taking a very garbage filled social media app and bringing the light of Christ into that app. So the account, if you want to follow it or check out TikTok church is Grayson period Bearden Thursdays at 7 PM TikTok church. I've actually went to it. I guess if you say went, I, I joined the, <laughs> you consumed it. <laughs> I joined the live one day and it was really good. It was, yeah. it was, it was actually really cool to see that we're taking this technology that a lot of people see negative views of it and see it used in a positive way. Shout out to Grayson, who is being a light in a dark place and all that he's doing. And that wraps up Culture Shock. And it also brings a conclusion to this episode of The Kitchen Table. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. If you want to get in touch with us, the best way of doing that is to get on Shine.fm's Facebook page, go to The Kitchen Table group Communicate with us through that group. If you want to be in the group, just let us know. We let everyone in. It's not a problem. And you can uh, communicate with us through that group. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't know if we had some major life-changing moments during this discussion today. uh, (laughs) Other than follow Jesus, he is the example. Be like him. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Be salty and lit. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table on the Shine.fm podcast network from Olivet Nazarene University. Be sure to subscribe for more content delivered each week on faith, music, and culture.